This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. The game of two halves and of two Joes at Ashton Gate in the FA Cup as Swansea came to town. The first half was very much controlled by Swansea and Joe Allen, and the second half was reversed somewhat with Joe Williams' tenacity creating the city equaliser as we go into the hat for the fourth round, albeit with a replay at Swansea. Lee's three words were penalties, please, Paulson. Um, and Matt, your take on today, please. We're going to talk about it, and we just talked about it off air, but yeah, the Paulson thing is going to be a big theme of my commentary tonight. Um, absolute shocker. Yeah, Patty's showing me now, but 428 days since our last penalty. Um, and then interestingly, even more than that, it's 700, how many patch? 15? 715 days since the time before that last penalty. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Clearly, Swansea were the better side in the first half. After actually a bright, a bright sort of first seven, eight minutes from City, um, then Joe Allen, Matt Grimes, who certainly Grimes is the best midfielder in this league, I think, um, get on the ball. But I would say for all of their pretty play and the way that they move it between the penalty areas, they don't really threaten the goal. So it was a, a you know a, a fairly comfortable, wouldn't it? But um, second half, much much better showing deservedly got the equaliser um, to earn a replay. I don't know that the replay is what we would have wanted, really, with where no. we are in the league, plus no. the the hamstring injuries to Tommy Conway and Andy Vyman. Um, exactly. You know, that, that has an impact, because if clubs are interested in Semenyo, unless you've got a player that's coming in, ready to go, you can't let Semenyo go in January if these hamstrings are going to be the normal... You know anything from what two weeks to six weeks kind of thing. Well, they got or, the, in, in our they, case probably out for the season. But. Yeah, they got the cryogenic chamber, Matt, to to yeah, throw him in for the yeah. for a couple of days. Let's see yeah. how the week pans out. But maybe um, they can get Wesley Snipe out of it and bring him on. <laughs> see what he's like. Blow me, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's speak to a man who will hopefully find out a bit more about said potential injuries, and that's Rich Forrester. Rich, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Have you you were in the cryogenic chamber of Upper Lansdowne, were you today? <laughs> yeah, I was there. Yeah, it was absolutely ballistic. I'm just about thawed out now. Um, yeah, it's freezing. Full time whistle. Yeah, it was really yeah. cold up there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so every podcast we do um, a talk club check in. How are you out of ten? So, Rich, I'll let you go first. I'd say I'm a solid seven. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Right. Solid Good seven. stuff. Good stuff. You thawed out and uh, had a good day as well. I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long day. It always is um, covering Bristol City and uh, a bit of a roller coaster of emotions at times. And uh, today was certainly that. And I think you put perfectly. Really, it was a tale of two halves. Um, Matt, I'll go next. I'm um, I'm probably an eight. I've had a good day. Uh, you know, good. Always enjoy watching City more so in the second half. And just had a Sunday roast, so that's going to help, isn't it? Else, so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, eight out of ten for me. Yeah, where, where was that, mate? The in-laws or it, it um, was the outlaws? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm probably I'm probably a seven. I think my WhatsApp group has dropped me to a seven from an eight because <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, the normal debate that we have after a, a, a city 
uh, a non-win, I should say. It doesn't tend to happen, does it, when we've got that? But again, all about opinions. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm probably dropped to a seven, but um, it's, it's been a decent day. And funny enough, like you said, Patch, I was chatting to a, one, the only guy that turned up today from the little group of, I don't know, about a dozen that, that sit around where we sit. So, you know, well, he sort of said, you know, he said, I, I was sat there thinking, well, you know, I'll be watching it on the TV and well, why would I? It's like my team. And that's exactly how I feel. I, it never comes into my head not to go to a game. Um, yeah. Now, right, I'm, I'm fortunate. I haven't got kids, so I'm, I'm able to buy a ticket. I know that and we'll talk about tickets. because I think we should. Um, I know that not everybody's in that position, but if you are able to go, it just amazes me the ones that don't. And, and I get the apathy where we are in the league and, but it's my team. I'm never not going to go. I'm just going to play a quick um, little shout out from Joe Sims regarding Talk Club and the fact that it's returning to Ashton Gate uh, next week. So uh, here we go. Here's a short clip from Joe Sims. Hello, everyone. Uh, just a quick message to let you know that Talk Club are meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 at VIP 3, which is behind the safe stand. It's an opportunity for men to get together, to talk, to listen and get mentally fit. It's an open invite for all men just to come down. No therapists, no couches, no judgment, just a bunch of regular men sitting in a private and safe space, listening and talking. It's most recently endorsed by Mr. Liam Gallagher and the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. So come down and check out for yourself. We're meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 in Fortress Ashton, VIP entrance behind the south stand. Or you can check us out online at talkclub.org. That's talkclub.org. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Joe. And yeah, don't forget to get down to Talk Club at Ashton Gate VIP three. Um, I've been, and it certainly certainly helps uh, to to chat. Always good to talk. Um, also, before we get into today's game, there's a competition that we're running on this podcast and the next podcast. So if you retweet this episode on Twitter at 3PIAPC uh, from our sponsor. They've given us an EFL issue football signed by the current Bristol City squ- squad. So big thanks to Habu for that podcast prize. It's uh, brilliant. I'm going to really struggle to let that one go from my yeah. uh, from my little office. I was going to say, whoever does win it, just check the signatures because if they all look <laughs> like they're in the same handwriting. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I've got some pictures of it to prove that it's uh, legit. But yeah. Uh, yeah, big thanks to Habu for that one. Right, let's get on to today's starting lineup. So we started only one change. Uh, Conway in, Naki Wells out. So Max O'Leary, Viner Atkinson, Naismith, Tanner, Matty James, Alex Scott, Cam Pring, Andy Vyman, and Conway and Semenyo. Matt, for you, any surprise in terms of the starting lineup? Um, no, I think I think Nigel said in his, his sort of press conferences that that he wasn't looking to make many changes. And in truth, I'm not sure what changes we could have made where we wouldn't have then been, you know, arguably weaker. It seems as though it's the, the Tommy Conway, Naki Wells rotation at the moment. He, he wants to give Antoine game time, which I think is the right thing to do. I think, um, especially from a striking point of view, you need a run of games and, and Antoine's not going to get back to his best um, sort of 10 minutes here and there. So, I, yeah, I think it was probably the right call today. Yeah. Rich, for you, obviously you were in the press conference where he said he's looking to go, um, you know, looking to take this seriously. Yeah, I think he needed to build some momentum for sure. But I was I was expecting one or two changes. Um, I thought De Silva might have might have come in. I thought Sykes might have come in as well. Um, but apart from that, so, I mean, there was opportunities there for, for the people I thought today, especially considering some of the, the recent results. But 
you can fully understand why he's gone gone with that team and it's pretty much full strength at the moment. Yeah, and he was allowed nine on the bench who went Bentley, De Silva, Sykes, Kaji, King, Williams, Bell, Wells and Omar Taylor-Clark, Matt, on the bench. Yeah, and, and I get that. The, the bit for me, and again, apologies to the listeners, but if Masengo, I've got no problem with Masengo, he's in the squad until he's sold or until the summer, he's a good lad. Don't tell me Masengo doesn't get on that bench, if that's the case. So in that case, come out and say he will not play and will not feature because he's not signed the contract. Because Hanno Masengo gets in that, I mean, he gets in the starting lineup for me, um, but certainly onto the bench. I just don't, I just don't get that. I really don't get that. And I think the first half, we clearly missed energy and legs in the in the midfield because we were completely overrun. But yeah, that's the one for me. Good experience for the young lads, admittedly. Yeah. Yeah, I think Masengo is stuck on uh, 99 appearances. Rich, do you think we'll we'll see a 100th appearance for Hanno Masengo? No, to put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, I think Pearson said, said everything that he needs to say about him, really, without without coming out and saying he's not going to play for, for Bristol City again. He's, he's made it clear that he's not going to sign his contract. And he's, I think he's, got, he's more of he's made his bed, so he's got a lie in it now sort of situation. And, um, and if they can get him out of this this month, then... I think that'll probably benefit benefit everyone. If if not, then he'll be here to the summer. But I did see he's changed his um his agent. Um, yes, yeah, I saw that in the week. So yeah, I don't know what if that insinuates anything yeah. in the next few weeks or so. But it's certainly worth noting, that's for sure. Yeah, snazzy video on his Instagram. I saw. Mm. Um, that was yes, ninety nine league appearances. He has made more. Um, so he's on one hundred and ten club appearances. Incidentally, Max O'Leary's fiftieth club appearance today, Matt, and also Joe Williams coming on made it his fiftieth as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good landmarks there. Right, let's get into the game. Second minute, Semenya wins a free kick. Central on about the 20-yard mark, and Naismith shoots well over. A very frustrating start, Rich. We've been banging on this podcast all season, and probably most of last season, about set pieces and the fact in years gone by, we've had dead ball specialists who can hit a, hit a closed peg in the corner of the net, but we just don't seem to be able to punish teams from free kicks. No, uh, I think with Naismith, with his, 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 you know he's got it in his locker. Some of his deliveries that he's put in um, this season from from corners, wide positions, have been have been fantastic. And uh, from dead ball situations, he's he has really shown his quality at times. But yeah, that that free kick wasn't great at all. And the less the less said about that, the better. But it was it was it was a positive start, and um, and for the first ten minutes, he he looked in in good shape. Yeah, Matt. I thought that uh, was straight. I thought that was straight from kickoff. Actually, Semenyo won the free kick. I thought it was literally a ball played into him. In um, it was almost the first passage of play. Yeah, but like, like Rich probably said, by the time the free kick was taken, it said two. Yeah, on it. yeah. Um, and like Rich says, I mean, we know that Naismith's got in his locker, but I just just hit the target. It's, it's scandalous, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what he's trying to do there. Um, I did because because of where the angle was. I said to the guy next to me, "If I'm Naismith." Yeah, I'm looking to bend it around the wall because the keeper was the other side. He had room on that side. And to try and smash it like he did, I mean, it was, what, 30 foot over the bar? It was, like, just scandalous, wasn't it? Absolutely ridiculous free kick. And, you know, again, all the way through the coaching that I did for youth coaching, and, and I've said this so many times about my nephew, brilliant dead ball specialist, and he's still scoring goals for, for Cadbury Heath now. But every time he would hit the ball and it would go over the bar, I'd say to him, you'll get, you'll get nothing for that. If you don't hit the target, and Semenyu's goal later on proves it, 
get it on target you don't know what's going to happen so yeah i thought it was terrible I think the only excuse you've got for him there was about a minute into the game so yeah maybe if he was in the Lansdowne in cold rich but no i'm not, yeah. even, <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly. even giving him that i thought it was an absolutely atrocious free kick okay fifth minute lovely skill from alex scott knocks it over the swansea player and takes it down he's taken out for his troubles it's an in-swinging right-footed free kick from cal naismith which is good but gathered well so Mix up for it with his delivery from that, Matt, in terms of getting yeah. it into the mixer. But, um, yeah, just focusing yeah. on that little bit of skill from Alex Scott. Brilliant. It's, it's great Brilliant. to see. Yeah, class, wasn't it? It was a, a proper piece of... And it's it's those... I was watching... Um, I don't know who it was. I think it was the EFL guy that's been on Quest and stuff. But he was on Sky and he put a little video of the top 21 yes. players. And he was saying that Alex Scott, for him, is at the top of that list. And they showed some of the footage of Alex Scott. And when you see it like that, he looks like a, an England full-time regular now, doesn't he? Let alone, but he's got to impose himself more on the game. And that moment was, yeah, it was magical, wasn't it? Yeah. Clearly a free kick. And, and as you said, much better ball from Naismith. Could have led to, I think Tommy, might have been Tommy or Andy was at the front post and yeah, the keeper did well to gather it. Yeah, a, t- a typical put it in the mixer free mm. kick, that one. Um, not so magical on the 15th minute. It's uh, Viner playing the ball back to Max O'Leary. Max passes the ball to Rob Atkinson, who tries to complete the triangle back to Viner, but his pass is misplaced, finds Cullen, who squares to Piro for 1-0. I'm going to get your take on this one first, Rich. Um, I asked Matt on the way home. I've changed my take on it. So Okay, all right. all right. We'll come to you in a sec. Uh, your percentage in terms of blame versus Atkinson and O'Leary? Well, I've just watched it again just before I came on this podcast. And uh, initially I thought that's a pretty... Uh, O'Leary puts him in a bit of trouble there. But watching it back, uh, he's just got to give full responsibility to Atkinson really for that. It's an absolute howler. I mean, the the, the ball into him does take a couple of bubbles, but I mean, he's a, he's a professional footballer and he's just a, just a simple pass out to Viner. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's it's an absolute shocker. And uh, you think from then, oh, oh God, here we go again, sort of, sort of thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's individual errors that they made this season and then there's individual errors. And that was right up there with, with one yeah. of the worst I've, I've seen, to be honest. Yeah, that was my, that was my initial thought. Um, you know, was that he's he's either caught in two minds or tried to execute the pass to, to Viner. And yes, Max could lump it up the field, but you know, it's all about retention of the ball and that sort of thing. So, Matt, you you were initially Max, I was but a, now you're switching. yeah. No, I, I I would a total agreement with Rich. So yeah, I was my first my first thought was why play it into Atkinson when he's got players coming on to him. Um, and yeah, Atkinson, but having watched it back, I still think there's an element of Max has to recognise that he's playing it into Atkinson to his right side and his right foot is really standing and clearing the ball with hoof in it and not a lot else. I don't think he's great on his right. Um, but immediately, when you watch it, immediately that Max plays it, he panics and puts his arm out as if to say like, shit, you've got to pass it out to Viner. Mm. He sees the Viner ball, Atkinson, but he just gets it all wrong, doesn't he? And mm. plays it into, um, I think Cooper had intercepted it from Atkinson, or sort of challenged him, and he played it into Cullen, who squared it for Piero to just roll into an empty mm. net. So, yeah, I, would, I mean, it's it's an Atkinson howler, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, yeah, 1-0 down after 15 minutes, and you, know, you still think plenty of time to get back into it. Uh 17th minute, a great block tackle from Atkinson. You can tell he's got the grip between his teeth trying to make up for his error. Semenyo's into the box and it looks for all the world, Matt, like he's pulled down. For me, definite penalty. Um, 
at, at first look, I thought he'd um, the, the defender had won the ball. And if you look at the ref, Paulson, he's on his haunches and indicating that he wins the ball. But I've watched it back on the BBC Sports website. And anybody listening to this, please do so. Because um, you might listen to Nigel Pearson afterwards and think, oh, what's he on about? 100% penalty. Kabanga gets nowhere near the ball and takes he just drags Semenyo down. Yeah. Same for you, Rich. You uh, watched it back as well. Yeah, I watched it back and I, I agree with Matt. It's a it's a penalty. I think the first my first view when I saw it is was impossible to tell. It looked a 50-50 to me. And because the the penalty wasn't given, I kind of trusted the referee that he did get a nick on the ball. But if if, if it was a nick, it would have been the slightest of nicks. Yeah. But I haven't watched it back after the game. It's yeah, it's a it's a definite penalty. Yeah, I must admit that was my first um, uh, watching it live. I, I thought it would have been a soft penalty, and I think we're yeah. going to need a hard penalty when we eventually do get but, one. But the thing is, from where your your watching position and Rich's watching position, yeah, I, I get that, and me at the same stand. Craig Paulson, a Premier League referee, mm-hmm. is facing that dead on, and he yeah. can see the ball doesn't deviate. That's uh, for me. I'm expecting a letter into Nigel Pearson and Craig Paulson not refereeing in the Premier League next week. Crazy, crazy story. Right, 24th minute. It's a misplaced pass from Conway, but he's clearly struggling with an injury. And shortly after that, Richie comes off um, for Naki Wells. So uh, not a good sight to see with Tommy Conway going down. No, it's a, it's a big blow. And it was on the far side to me, so I couldn't really see what was happening. And to me, before that, he seems to be moving moving okay. Um but yeah, he, 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 I mean, he gave the ball away, didn't he, with the with the back pass, yeah. and then and then went down, and yeah, then then hobbled off, and um, we just hope it's not too serious because not blessed with options up front, and obviously Chris Martin doesn't isn't getting in the in the squad at the moment, and I don't know if Sam how how ready Sam Bell is, and obviously with Varman going off injured at the end, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. It's going to mm-hmm. leave um, a lack of options. Yeah, when Tommy Conway came off, he sort of pointed to the corner of the Atio and the Lansdowne. So something had happened down in that corner. Must have tweaked tweaked a muscle of some sort. Yeah. Uh, I believe yeah, it's not... ham- hamstring from listening to Pearson after the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah he it was a hamstring, but he seemed to be walking off. I mean, he looked, obviously looked in discomfort, but he didn't look in agony. So yeah. hopefully it's not all that bad. Absolutely right. 43rd minute, another penalty shout. Atkinson seemingly has his leg taken out after a stop-start run into the box from Campring. Uh, Matt, on that one, again, <laughs> that was the most stone wall of penalties for me. He's clearly taken out. And, and I know it's, it's something that seems to be said all the time. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's a free kick. And, and that's just such a ridiculous thing to say because it shouldn't make any difference, should it? But again, watching, I thought it was a penalty first time around. Watching it back, clearly the bloke just wipes Atkinson out. Atkinson tries to step across him to win the ball, um, and he's taken out by Cooper, the forward. Um, a forwards tackle, it's a pen. And again, I'm, I'm funny enough, just writing my Bristol Live column, I'm just saying that I can't fault Paulson's, um, you know, where he is on the pitch. He's got the perfect view. He's done brilliantly to get that, but his decision is an absolute shocker. Okay, 46th minute. It's um, Alex Scott this time pulled down just outside the box. Joe Allen gets a yellow card. 40 yards out centrally. Naismith, free quick, free quick, free kick is unfortunately comes to nothing. Um, And that takes us to halftime. So just in summary, Matt, the halftime whistle comes. We're 1-0 down. We're still in the game, but not a good half. No, not not a good sort of, 
yeah, after, as, as Rich said, that the early, I thought the early start, I thought it was quite an open game actually, and I thought it was going to be a bit end to end in and quite a, a spectacle. But really, from just before they scored, and then certainly from the moment they scored, it was all Swansea. Um, Max didn't have to do much, in fairness, but they were just dictating the play. Midfield, um, we were losing the battle. Um, you know, I, I know I'm I'm critical of Matty James on here, but I I do just genuinely think that Matty James let he just hasn't got the legs. He, he had a much better second half, and we'll talk about that. But Joe Allen is picking the ball up from the keeper, and then he's he's at the other end of the pitch. Um, similarly with Matty Grimes. And it just felt like we were once again overrun in midfield. Um, yeah. And for me, it's absolutely a key position in the transfer window. And yeah, I don't know that Nigel Pearson sees it. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you. Okay, halftime summary from Rob. We have been second best all over again. Swansea look better drilled and more purposeful. Is this really acceptable and good enough? A horrific mistake for their goal, but they have applied pressure much better than us. Again, Vyman quiet, but symptomatic of how we're playing generally, question mark. Things are very flat. We will need to find more in the second half. We have to stay in the cup, but I remain more worried about the championship status right now. Um, so halftime comes and Rich, we do see a tweak in formation. Um, I couldn't make my mind up whether it was four four two or four three three. But your thoughts? Apparently, to, to Pearson, it was a four three three. But I, I, I thought they almost played a four five one out of position at times. And Semenya came off to the to the left and Byman to the right. But I think it was it, it needed to be done. It was he's been quite reluctant, and and I think there's some fair criticism of him that when the kind of backs are against the wall, he hasn't changed it and he's been quite stubborn in his approach of keeping that free at the back formation and he changed at half-time. He needed to because that first half was was dreadful, really, and uh, they couldn't get Vimans in the game at all. Um, and, yeah, and it, uh, they closed those, the space in midfield and they started controlling the play and... Uh, and it was it was certainly the reaction that that they were looking for. I was um, pretty impressed by how they turned it around. Yeah, I mean we've been looking, thinking about the option of Naismith pushing up into the midfield, Matt, and we'll talk about the next twenty five minutes that he um, that he played in that position. But it started out with a great pass in the fiftieth minute from Naismith, setting Vyman away. Uh, a good cross in, but it's cleared uh, for a corner. It's a good delivery from James and ends with a shot over from Vyman on the right-hand side. Um, but that pass from Naismith seemed to just give the crowd a little bit of a lift. Yeah, I, th- I think we recognised the fact that we were we were then competing in the middle of the pitch. I mean, Nigel Pearson's insistence to play at the sort of three, five in the, and the wing backs, as good as I think Campering is, and I think he's getting better and better every game, 
but we've got two wing backs who don't who don't bomb on and don't get the ball into the, the forwards. We don't we very rarely cross the ball into the box. Um, so he needed to change it. it I, I didn't see it as a 4-3-3 from where I was. Like Rich, I think Semenya definitely went wide and, and Vyman as well. And Naismith obviously pushed it up more. Um, I've got no problem with Naismith going in there from being on the ball and playing it. But a couple of times he went on runs and he was our most forward player a couple of times. He's then gone, he, he, you know, his, his energy levels. Because he's not having to do that, is he really? That's not, that's not his game. Um, but it just showed the value of playing the four and matching, especially when you're playing a team like Swansea, you've got to be more, you know, more matched up in the middle there. I don't know if it's because it was an FA Cup game that he could have been a bit braver with going at the with the four. Um, yeah. If it was a league game, I'm not so sure he would, he would have done that at halftime, potentially, possibly, but it's, it's easy to say that in hindsight, but because it was kind of a... They had to go all guns blazing in the second half. It was an easier, easier decision to make. Yeah. The only thing I would say on it, Patch, as well, is that we we could see that after twenty minutes. I mean, I could see it from you, you knew from the start. So I, I'll give the plaudit for making a change at halftime, but actually, I still think it should have been made earlier because you could see the pattern of play, and we were all all around where we were sat. We're all saying we need to get to halftime just one nil. Get yeah. to halftime, then he can change it. But why? And and that's my my point of Nigel Pearson's in-game management. He doesn't do that enough when things aren't going right in a game. He he's stubborn and thinks, no, I'm sticking with what I've got. And and you've got to react. How many managers, I don't know, in the Premier League Championship would would make that change in the first half of the first half? Well, the, the, the good managers, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, absolutely would. But I think I think some of the other ones in our league would. Um, company would. I've seen company take players off. You know, I know you, I know you're talking the top level there, but we're talking about a manager who's been around the block in Nigel Pearson. You know, and and if his fans, you can see that things aren't working. You expect the coaching team and the management to then try and tweak it and not have to wait till half time. Yeah. But I guess the fact said, he hasn't changed credit. it all season, yeah, exactly, more or less for 19 minutes and everything. But game. I will say credit, he did at least recognize it and did change it. And, and the second half was chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. 55th minute, it's uh, Vyman set away. Uh, nice movement with Scott. Scott jinks inside. You think he's going to lash one, but it it was almost like a pass into the keeper. No, no power on the shot. And we've spoken about it, Rich, um, with Alex Scott. He's still got lots of development to do in terms of getting that shot away and getting power on the shot. Yeah, he seems to kind of lack composure when he gets to those sort of positions. Um, but he's so good at uh, his movement in and around the box with his feet. He's got good lightning quick feet and he can skip around players and he can get into those great areas. But it's just end product just isn't there at the moment. And that's why he's not, he's, well, he hasn't scored this season and, and he's probably not assisting as much as he would have liked either. But he acknowledges it. And, that, and I think that's that's also equally as important. Um, but to get him to the, that next level, he needs to start delivering in those attacking positions because we all know what he can do. Absolutely. 60th minute, couple of half shouts for a penalty in a minute of chaos. Tanner into the box, Wells into the box, Scott pushed over, someone was booked. <laughs> I still don't get where, you know, what happened there. He, he didn't blow for a foul or wave play on and to give a yellow card to the defender had to mean a penalty. Matt, we've spoken about this, but it was just a minute of absolute chaos. If you watch it back, um, clearly there's a, a coming together of Scott and Wood at the back. Um, they all, it almost looks like they have their shoelaces kind of tied together. Um, 
but but Paulson again, great positioning. The ball goes out and and they break away. And then Wood reacts to Scott and chest barges him to the ground, to which the referee then blows up, books Wood, and then gives the free kick to Swansea. Now, at no stage, and again, we've watched it back here while we've been doing the podcast, he doesn't wave that he's seen a free kick and it's an advantage. So the ball is still live. Scott is fouled. It has to be a penalty. You listen to BBC Radio Bristol and Gary Hours when that incident happens. Gary Owens cannot believe he hasn't given a penalty. Um, and, and again, watching it back, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get how we cannot, how we can book him because he sees it. It's, it's violent conduct as much as anything, because he clearly, you know, um, and then gives them the free kick. It's just incredulous. Yeah. Props to Radio Bristol for that rendition of, uh, sorry seems to be the hardest <laughs> word. Matt, you like that one, didn't you? Yeah, Rich. I've, we need to, <laughs> not our Rich on the podcast, but yeah, Rich, Rich Oscars, we need to have some words because that's a shocker, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> worth no, worth very... listening to it, Rich Forrest, if you get chats. Yeah, well, literally <laughs> before Nigel Pearson's, uh, Pearson's post-match, uh, yeah, Rich is sort of saying, oh, maybe I've had a bit too much time on my hands, but what do you think? And then they play blue, sorry, seems to be the hardest <laughs> world. And it's like, what have I got to do? And then you get Rich going, to get a penalty. <laughs> oh, God. Very he's, had that, he's had that one in the bank for a while. Yeah, he? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's worked on it, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I thought it was very creative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that minute of, of absolute chaos, Rich, uh, did you make any sense of it? I've only seen that when he kind of barges got over and Matt, I've got to disagree with you a little bit on this one because Ooh, here we go. We haven't even got to the ratings yet. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, I mean, I mean, it's, it's petulant and it? it just kind of barges him over. I mean, Scott makes a meal of it and, and goes down and I, I don't really, you see it on the pitch all the time, don't you? In, in all, all but it's, it's a free kick, isn't it? I don't know if it is, to be honest. Uh, it depends. I feel like you give a free kick for all of those in, in games. There's going to be hundreds uh, of them, really. It's, yeah. Watch it back again. This is a bit more than just a little petulant. There we go. So there's a push on Wells. Yeah. A shove on, in the back from Scott a, and then a, a push to the ground. Watch, watch it now up close. There's a bit more to it than a petulant. He puts his shoulder proper in there. I'm knocking him out if I'm playing. I think I think they're, they're <laughs> kind of both guilty of of pulling each other really. And yeah, they are here definitely. Yeah, and I think it's initially a free kick, but yeah, that is yeah. But I don't Shoulder know how we can. Floor. I don't know how we can book him, and and not give not away give the, the foul. Yeah, that's the yeah. weird bit. That's, that's the, the weird, weird bit. bit with it. Like yeah. if, you know, call them both over, or even if he books them both and says yours for the free kick, and because I think you've. Um, simulated, you know, going to the ground too easy, but yeah, not not for me. I, I yeah. Do you think because he's had VAR all season, and I don't know how many times he's refereed outside of VAR, but there's that's some really, reliance on that. That's a really good point. Really yeah. good point, Patch, because because referees know now that they can almost be um, forgiven for making a mistake because they've yeah. got you know the backup, haven't they? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, I think it's a good point. They can err on the side of caution in, yeah. in a way with, with their decisions. And uh, I think yeah, it's probably a prime example of it there. Yeah. But I think if that goes against your your side, then you'll be fuming with it. <laughs> I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably call it stupidity. And, and I would, you know, I, I would still have expected it to have gone as a pen against us. I really would. And I know that's easy for me to say now, but I would. Because I think it's, it's a, pe- it, you're right, it's petulant. 
Um, but also there's a little bit more to it. I think he's a bit aggressive with it. And yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll never make sense of that. I don't think uh, in this podcast, All right? 70th minute, two decent deliveries. Scott just underneath one from Tanner and Vyman header from a pring cross is just wide. It was good to see the crosses coming in, Matt. We always celebrate a good cross. Um, and yeah, Vyman glancing header. You've seen them go in. Bit unlucky. It sort of dropped just on the the the, the back of the bar as such. Um, beat the, the keeper came and was nowhere near it, was he? And 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 Andy got a good leap and uh, yeah, was was a little bit unlucky. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, Rich's point earlier on. Andy Vyman was what just wasn't in the game at all in the first half, but then the second half got far more involved and could end could have ended up with one or two goals. Seventy yeah. first minute, we do see Naismith come off for Joe Williams and Sykes on for Tanner. Kind of round pegs in round holes, as obviously with Williams with Naismith playing in that position and Joe Williams going in there. Sykes coming on because we have seen him at right wing back, even though. My uh, my Oxford mate says I can't believe you play him at right wing well, back. Bear in, bear in mind he's kind of playing in a four then, wasn't he? So it's yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, no, of playing course, right back. So, so yeah, playing right. Yeah, exactly. I do think he pushed on more than yeah, than definitely Tanner was. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, right back, even worse than right wing back. But um, yeah, it was great to it's great to see Joe Williams come on at that point. I thought that's exactly what we needed was someone yeah. who was going to come on who know we know can do that sort of Joe Allen role from the first half. Um, and three minutes were on there on the pitch, and it was great press from Williams and Sykes. To be fair, leads to a chance being created. Atkinson brings the ball forward, takes a shot, comes back to Pring, out to Vyman, crosses it in. Semenyo leaps well, gets his header on target, and I've I've watched the goal back, and it doesn't look as in slow motion, Rich, as when I saw it live. But it just kind of goes over the keeper and into the net. Yeah, I can't really work out how it's gone in, to be honest, at all. I've seen it back a couple of times and I'm not too sure what the keeper's doing, kind of what angle Semenya is at when he makes the header. It's just all a bit bizarre, isn't it, really? And uh, it wasn't the most powerful of headers. And it, I think it just went straight in the, down the middle of the goal, really, didn't it? Something, the angle. It, and uh, It just seemed to catch a, a hard patch on the ground because it, it does bounce not, you know, massively over the top or anything. It's landed um, right in front but, of the keeper. I'm just watching now. He's and it's bounced of, over him. Yeah, the keeper's kind of gone for it on the banks, expecting it to kind of roll through, and it doesn't. It bounces over him and, and goes in. And um, it's, it's, again, quite funny listening to Pearson afterwards because um, he rather than going, yeah, yeah, no, great from Antoine, he does whatever. You know, if it's me, I'm going, does what we tell all our strikers, head it, dang, you got a chance. He doesn't. He says, yeah, he's not the best header of the ball. But you know, you got to take a check. You're like, Jesus, Nige, give him some credit. Like, you know, bloody hell. Yeah. So, yeah. But um again, he's he's as you said earlier, Matt, get it on target. You never know target. what's gonna happen. Exactly. And it's important to, you know, for Antoine, he's starting to find his feet again. I still, you know, there's a few people, I think, I think in the official vote, he was tied the last time I looked with Viner, uh, with Pring, I think. Um I still don't think he's anywhere near the levels that we know that he can play Antoine Semenyo. And um, I thought he got more involved in the game when he did go wider um, and start to run at them a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, Antoine was given a pick of the match uh, yeah. by Bristol City. Um, right, I okay. Sorry, just as you say that, that made me laugh last night on a game I was watching where the guy went, yeah, and um, the man of the match is, he said, sorry, for this game, the uh, the, the pick of the match... It's like, well, it's a men's game. Exactly. So 
there isn't anything exactly. wrong with saying the man and the match is there. So, no, yeah. Not at all. Right, 76 minute. It's uh, Naki Wells in. Not sh- quite sure who put him in, but it was a, a shot away and a shot saved. Uh, Matt or Rich, did either of you see that yeah. one? Because I was sort of looking down and looked up and suddenly he was in. Yeah, I thought it was in, to be honest. When I was sitting at the angle where you could kind of see directly behind the shot and it looked like it was just going to go into the corner. And uh, he, he tried it. to sort of, he tried to bend it round the keeper and it was a little bit closer to the keeper than he would have hoped for, Matt. It, it was a good save. I think if Naki's watching it back, he's thinking I should have tried to lob him because the keeper was mm. quite a way out. Mm. Um, but in, in fairness to Naki, it was it was well executed. He was just a, a bit unlucky. The keeper makes a good save. Yeah. 82nd minute, Pring pulls Swansea attacker down and gets booked. Not the first time we've seen him do that. So good. No problem with that. Good. A good gamesmanship take, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. He's away from uh, him, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he gets booked. And then Alex Scott comes off and Sam Bell comes on. So in terms of formation, what happens here, Matt? Uh, I think Sam Bell kind of played in in that same sort of role, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't see us, again, you kind of not, not necessarily concentrating that much, but I didn't think we changed shape too much then. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if maybe Wells came, dropped back in a little bit and... Bell went a bit forward, but at that point, with eight minutes to go, um, I, do, I think I, it was a bit fluid. I do still feel with Sam Bell though, that he needs um, some league football and, and a, a run of games in, in League One. I'm desperate for him to succeed. Absolutely yeah, I, I am, but at the moment, I, I do just feel like he's like a, a Jack Russell that's just chasing the ball around and, and it because he's desperate to succeed. And I, I think he needs... In the way that, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, it, but Riley Taylor's gone to to um, Wimbledon and now obviously to Portsmouth. I think he needs some some league football to to find his, his sort of feet. Because um, whatever you say, the under the under twenty ones is is yeah completely different than under twenty threes, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. When he gets uh, eight minutes plus five minutes injury time to to have a have a go and see what he can do. Eighty fifth minute was a marauding run from Darling. And a great tackle from Cam Pring, um, who somehow manages to win a goal kick and as well. And, and Rich, we were raving about a, t- a tackle that Zach Viner made up at Coventry um, on New Year's Day. And that one wasn't far off as good for me. And, and, and Cam Pring made one against Coventry as well. Um, yes, yeah. Those yeah. Stages. So, yeah, I mean, he's coming on leaps and bounds, isn't he? He's playing for confidence at the moment. And uh, he's got that. He's got the athleticism to get up and down that flank and... Uh, yeah, been really impressive him. That was a great tackle and kind of epitomised his, his game, really. Yeah. Matt, it, it, it's it's so um, nice to see a player with pace that you are confident that could catch most strikers and get that sort of tackle in. Yeah, but but also like with the, the, the move you talked about before, he's also got a head on his shoulders that realises that when he's not going to get there, he'll mm. take the book in. Um you know, and so and he and he takes the booking in a way. He was actually pretty cute. He kind of pulls the shirt, but tries to hide it, so he's not in danger near payment or anything like that. But yeah, for for me, Campering. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go early. He was my man of the match today. Um, I think he's he's coming on leaps and bounds, and it's no wonder Jade Silva isn't getting anywhere near the starting lineup on, on his I, current I, form. I saw a comment on Twitter to say that um, Campering is. Like the championship, Kyle Walker. He's got the pace to uh, can make another yeah. pace to, yeah. to get back and and yeah. and redeem himself. And I think it's it's pretty accurate, really. Yeah, it is. Although he doesn't switch off from crosses like Kyle Walker does, he's a little bit more aware of it. 
All right, 90th minute, Sykes puts Bell away, who finds Williams. His cross goes across goal, but there was nowhere, no one oh. to be seen in the box to just slide and get anything on it. But it was good to see um, Bell looking for Williams, and Williams' cross maybe came a little bit too quickly across the box, but should be someone in there, Matt. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, Chris, who, who was sat with me, sort of said, oh, what's he doing there? Find your man, find a pass. I'm like, no, I'm not having that, mate. I said, he's played an absolutely perfect ball across the six-yard box and the, the strikers, Wells and Byman, needed to be busting, you know, a, a gut to get in there and just tap it in. I thought it was a brilliant ball from Williams. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, Byman down in the 94th minute after sort of struggling for the last few. Um, the bents were sort of shouting at him to, to go down, yeah. but I think he went down probably a, a split second too late because then the play goes on. Um, and Swansea are on the attack, but eventually, uh, the, the you know Andrew Proctor does come on, and and we're we're down to ten men for the last sort of thirty seconds, and the the game rolls out there, Matt. So a couple of potential injuries and a replay next Tuesday week. So yeah, not ideal. I mean, no, not ideal. And and again after the game, Nigel Pearson sort of said, "You never know with these, and you've got to sort of take take stock in, and you know." maybe a, a couple of days to see how it settles, but he did reference that he thought Andy Vimans was um, the more, the, the, the sort of the, the one that was slightly worse than, than Tommy Conway's. Um, mm. I think with Andy Vyman, he didn't want to go off because he knew we'd be down to 10. So he was almost just trying to hobble in. Yeah. yeah it was a little, little bit like um, the, the sort of, you know, okie cokey or whatever, sit down, stand up. He didn't know what to do, did he? So, yeah. <laughs> no, I prefer the analogy of, um, for those old enough, whose line is it anyway, where you've yeah. got one stood up, one crouched yeah. down yeah. and one, one sat down. Yeah, very good. Um, right, this is the moment I've been waiting for. The head-to-head of the player ratings. Uh, Rich <laughs> Forrester versus Three Peeps, Matt Withers. Um, Matt, you could take the lead and uh, then we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to sit back with popcorn. So, uh, out of interest, Rich, what's your expected score um i you so have done enough if yeah. a player's done what you would have expected you know, had yeah, a, dec- I, a, a decent game a good game i i usually try and give it a borderline six and a half to be honest it's oh, always okay. between a six and a seven i, I you, right. sometimes i swear and i go to the seven um, right. okay uh, so for max um do you want to explain ours max Ours is a six. Ours yeah. is what what we expect is a six. Yeah, because um, I'm not allowed halves because I probably would have gone six and a half as well, mate. But Patrick <laughs> didn't let me have halves. Um, <laughs> so Max O'Leary, I went six. Um, I've not seen Rich's scores actually. I'll, Pat, t- so I'll, t- I'll tell you. you. Don't worry. Rich, or Rich Richard can. Go as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went we... went for six for Max. I mean, I, I did. Initially, when, when Patch phoned me, he went, what do you think about Max and Aaron? I was like, yeah, 80-20 Max is for. And then it's like, actually, no, watching it back now, it's really, yeah, probably 95-5. But yeah, I went six. Okay, Rich is a six as well. Yeah, went with six as well. Did everything that he kind of was expected to do. Let's let's go back and forth then. So let Rich do the next one. All right. So, <laughs> go on. Where Viner. we go? Zach Viner. I gave Zach Viner yep. a seven. I gave Zach Viner a seven. This is disappointing. <laughs> I thought I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch for for City today. He was yeah, did everything. It was it was um yeah, committed, timed his challenge as well, and uh, yeah, just consistent. And that's that's what you can say about him. He's just been just been consistent for weeks now. He yeah. looks assured, Matt. All of a sudden, doesn't he? And I think it's early on in the season you were just thinking, don't make a mistake because everyone's yeah. going to get on his back. Yeah. And now I think he's got a bit of credit, well, a lot of credit in well, the bank with it, a lot of fans. 
I, I think he has, but there are still fans that will say, yeah, he's not championship level. And you're like, well, well hang on. He's definitely been our most consistent defender, and, and certainly in those three for the season. So at what stage does he become a player where you go, actually, I really hope Zach signs a new contract in the summer. Um, so yeah, that, that was what, exactly like Rich said, that's why I went seven. Right, Matt, Rob Atkinson. Rob Atkinson, or oh, I said, so I've gone five because it's absolutely a, a, a huge mistake from him. And I, I toyed with going lower than that, but I actually thought he recovered quite well. Um, he, he was involved in, in the penalty decision he should have had. He's in the box at that stage. Um, he's involved in Semenyo's goal with bringing the ball forward. Um, so I went I went five with him. So I did punish him for his mistake by taking a point off him, but I went five. Yeah, right. I, I, think, I think that's fair. I went four in the end, but... Just because that that it was an absolute gift, wasn't it? And it, yeah. it just on the back foot, and it was. I mean, it was such a bad error that I couldn't go any higher than a four. But as you said, I, I think he deserves big credit because he didn't hide, did he, or stay in the shadows? Yeah. He was he was pretty faultless after that, and uh, and that shows that shows character. And especially after the kind of the month he had in December, he got left out of the squad and 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 whatnot. I thought he, I thought he came back and, and, and potentially had had his character sort of questioned a little bit, didn't he? So mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd have gone five as well, just for those reasons. I think he he didn't continue to have a bad game. He didn't let that get to him too much. He clearly seconds later, minutes later, he was put in a massive block tackle that yeah. you know he could have come out quite quite badly on, um, and didn't. So yeah, I think five is fair. Okay, now Naismith. I went uh, six for Cal Naismith. Um, again, I don't think he, he he did much wrong to be honest. He, he, he didn't stand out as a player who uh, I think deliveries could have been better, but defensively, I thought he was pretty pretty sound. Uh, I, I think he found it difficult in the first half because he was only number thirty one. Oliver Cooper, Cooper, yeah, um, yeah and what's the other one? Joel Pirro kind of yeah. doubled up on on him and, and Pring. Um, uh, I think he found it difficult, but when he came into midfield, I thought uh, I thought he kind of he changed the dynamic of the game, and uh, I think he deserves credit for that. So I went five, um, be, probably because that first free kick is one of the reasons. But um, I, I actually thought I'm I'm still not seeing the Naismith that I was seeing against Norwich and Blackburn and those early season games. I'm not seeing the influence, and and actually he seems to have. Um, gone into his shell a little bit when it comes to kind of the talking and the direction for the back line. I'm not seeing what I was seeing in pre-season and in, in those early games. Um, absolutely agree that I think when he went into midfield, he, he definitely had an influence on it and, and certainly helped to, to change the game. So, um, yeah, but that's why I went five. Now, I know this is going to change to six because Patch reference two worldy passes which i'm not going to go worldy on them but yeah <laughs> yeah i would go six um i think if if naismith makes the error that atkinson does and you kind of not half expect it that's a bit harsh but we've seen it a number of times um he didn't he was he was assured i think he gave the ball away maybe once and and the pass you could argue lifted the crowd to spur us on to get the equaliser. So that's my justification for a six. Yeah, that's fine with, with two sixes, so we'll go six, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, Matt Campering? Pring, I went seven. He, he was my man of the match. I thought he was excellent, Campering. I thought um, the way he got forward, you know, again, the, the penalty shout for Atkinson, he's in the box trying to win it. 
his crosses didn't always come off, but he was trying to put the ball in the box. And defensively, like you said, I mean, that one tackle that he made near the end was was brilliant. So, yeah, I went seven for Pring. Uh, yeah, I went six. In retrospect now, kind of looking back on it, I, I probably would have given it a seven, actually. Um, I think it's quite difficult sometimes without a little moment oh, of without, reflection. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, always. And that's why I've said, to, I've said quite often with Patch, when we do these straight away, it's completely different than if you reflect afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, just think in the first half, he didn't really get us forward at all. And, but I think that was more credit to, to the way Swansea were playing than, than yeah. anything else and, the, and, and City's tactics. Um, but, yeah, second half, uh, as were the rest of the team, it was much improved. Yeah, yep, seven for me as well. Uh, Matty, James, Rich? I toyed between, well. yeah, I toyed between a five and a six here, and I ended up going five because, I mean... The game bypassed him in that first half and he couldn't he couldn't keep up with it at all. I thought they were completely outnumbered. Um couldn't control the couldn't control the game at all. Um second half, yeah, better. He kind of broke up the play a little bit more and, and we saw more of him and a few interceptions. But yeah, I mean I, I, I couldn't give him more than a five, really. I just think with Matty James, and I, I went five. Um I think with Matty James, he's this is gonna sound terrible to an extent, but He's in the side because of his relationship with Pearson and what Pearson knows he is as a, as a man and as a professional. I think other managers would look at, okay, but what's he given me in the engine room and the legs? And and he just hasn't got legs. So many times today, Joe Allen and Matty Grimes were going beyond him. Um, and he's almost, you know, he's, he's only catching them because they've come back the other way and he's got the ball. So, but it was a much better second half. And I, and I don't want it. I don't want this to turn into like Matty James is my new Jack Hunt because I don't, I do think he's a, he's a quality footballer, but I just think in the midfield at the moment, we need to have the energy in there. And, and that's just something that he hasn't got, unfortunately. But I, 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 I do agree with you, but when he was injured and out the team. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. He'd see it look worse in midfield when he wasn't there. But, like his, his absence. And there are games, Rich, where you can say that. The, the best game for me this season, midfield, was Cardiff when you had Masengo and Scott. Now, mm. Cardiff are a different opposition to Swansea, admittedly. So, yeah, 100% get that. And and I think that's where I changed my tack on Matty James a little bit because having seen just how disorganised we were, he definitely brings that composure and professionalism in there. So, yeah, I would definitely give that. Yeah, I mean, I... I sort of see him as a bit of a puppet master, sort of pulling the strings in the midfield, but maybe he has to do too much of that with inexperience around him that it takes his mind off of other things. But yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree with the five um, yeah. on, on today's performance, at least. Uh, Matt, you're Alex Scott. Yeah, we missed George Tanner, haven't we? Um, I'm, Oh, we're coming to him next. I'm going oh, on uh, oh, Rich's going list. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know why you do it that way. And not in the <laughs> oh, um, come on, let's have an argument about the order in which it's done. So, so Scotty, I went six. Um, I thought there were moments again of him that are at the top end of anything you could see. Um, as, as I said earlier on, if you put a showreel together of his best bits, he looks some player. Um, if we do get a big bid for Alex Scott in this window... Alex Scott, I think, will have a decision to make as well because if it's from a Prem side, Alex Scott's not going to play a lot of Prem football this season if he does go because mm-hmm. um, it's a huge step up. And I've I've said this quite often, and I think he's brilliant talent. He doesn't influence our games enough in the Championship. Um, and maybe because of the players around him as well, that comes into it. 
but yeah, I, I still think there's some way to go with Alex Scott. So, um, but I went six for Alex. Yeah, I, I went six as well. Pretty much, uh, pretty similar reasons. In the yeah. second half, he managed to get forward a little bit more with yeah. extra and got around Vyman and, and those two could combine. And yeah, it did influence the game. He's, so, yeah. he's very, um, and I, I, I am going to say Messi-esque. And what I mean by that is that when he glides with the ball mm. and the way that he goes past players, sometimes you think, Jesus, like mm. he's quick and the way he shifts the ball, I mean, Absolutely no doubt he is going to go on and play in the Premier League because he's got so much talent. But yeah, at the moment, I just, when we talk about it being the right move for the player, from a football point of view, I don't know that a Prem club now is the right move for him. There was one pretty poor misplaced pass that gave the possession back to Swansea. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen that from well, virtually the, every player. The, Coven, the Coventry <laughs> game, though, Patch, he did it twice. That was straight it? across uh, goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's but, lots lots to tidy up before he's yeah. ready to to play in the Premier League. Exactly. I'm not just saying that, you know, because we want to keep him. In but, case yeah, anyone's listening, who's thinking, yeah. oh, I wonder what they think of Alex Scott. Yeah. Because we know what he's got, and that little knock over the top of a of the defender and oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. More of that, more shots on target with pace and power, yeah. and more consistency. You know, I think looking at our ratings over the last three games, Matt, he's been five or under, hasn't he, in terms of... Yeah, well, he um, had a six in the last one, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, right. Now, George Tanner. Is it me to go? I went yeah. six with, with George Tanner again. Um, bit of a theme coming on here. Um, again, I, wing, first half, right wing back is, is, I mean, it's not his position, is it? He's a, he's, a, he's a fullback and he's limited in what he can do going forwards and I think you've got to take that into consideration. Um, second half, I, I thought it was pretty pretty solid uh, until he came off for, for Sykes. It was about fifteen minutes to play. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't. I think he's consistent. He's reliable. He doesn't really. And I think he's building a good partnership with Viner as well on that side yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I, I th- and I think the same, uh, Matt. In terms of Tanner, obviously he's not played many games at right wing back, but he's yeah. filling He's filling in, in if that's the position, the, the formation we're going to be going with, he, he, it's really him or Sykes or or Vyman, yeah. I guess, to some extent. But I really like what I'm seeing so far. And he just, if he can, can um, you know, chisel his armour a bit more in that position, I think there's a player. I agree completely with what you, you both said there. Yeah, I think he's he's consistent. He, he doesn't... Um, if if he makes a mistake, he's quick to recover, um, and he's becoming sort of quite quite dependable in that that position without ripping up trees. And it's interesting because a couple of times, I mean, the Peterborough away game last season, and he scored, didn't he? But he was bombing forward in, so may, maybe he's been a little bit more disciplined now. But um, yeah, I, I went six and thought it was a, it was a decent performance. He was bought as sort of one for the future, wasn't he last he was. season as well, yeah, and, and sort of thrown straight into the team. Yeah. Okay, um, Vyman, Matt. Yeah, I went. I went five, um, and and maybe that it, it, this is probably one that's a five and a half. But um, I went five because he was just anonymous in the first half. Definitely improved in the second half, but did he improve enough on his first half and to what I know that he's capable of? He still isn't looking the player that he was last season. But again, a bit like I said about Semenyo, when you've played the minutes he's played as right wing back. To get your um, your natural instincts back playing in a more attacking role is going to take a little while. So I, I went five, but as I say, it's more a five and a half than a five, really. 
Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that. I went six in the end. I and I only gave him a six over five because he assisted the yeah. goal, and that was probably the the only reason. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was. He, He's not burying his chances, is he like he, he yeah. was before. If you remember the one at Coventry, he would have buried that last season. And I think he had a, a bit of a freak season last season and no one was expecting him to deliver those numbers again. But yeah, I think it, there was that chance, wasn't there, when he kind of volleyed it high and wide over the bar yeah. in the, in the yeah. second half and you, and you just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's... It, when you look back to that goal against Hull for the in the last game of the season last year, Mm. His confidence levels are just noticeably different, aren't they? Well, when you scored I, twenty-one goals that season, yeah, and and I guess that. But then I, getting I, the twenty-second, I, I think again it's more around that he's been playing right wing back. I think he, you know, it's it's that element to it. Yeah. The muscle, the muscle memory of last season yeah. needs to be reinforced. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if I'm judging between the two, I'm I'm just on a six. I think for for Andy Vyman. Um, I think the uh, yeah, as you say, the assist. The header that almost dipped in. I think yeah. when we started playing football after 50 minutes, um, you know, when Naismith played that worldy pass, I think Andy was bootstrapped up up to a into a six position. So yeah, I, I think I'll go six, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Semenyo. Semenyo, I went seven, seven for the goal. I mean, he, he he's a nuisance, isn't he? He, he runs at de defenders, he, he causes problems, he, he can hold the ball up. He, I mean, he's got everything, hasn't he? He's just um, a bit more composure and quality in front of goal sometimes. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a real talent there. But I think it's shown in the last three games that he is getting better slowly and surely. I thought it was excellent at Coventry. Um, yep. today, today he didn't really have much of an impact in front of goal, but he's got one chance and uh, scored with a little help of the keeper. But it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went seven. He, he was again probably a six and a half for me. It was kind of um, he's getting back to where he can get, but I think the goal pushed it to a seven. So yeah, I went seven. Yeah, I'd like to see more of what I saw in the second half. Him over on the left, picking the ball up, knocking it past someone, driving run. Agreed. Yeah, I'd love to see more of that. I know he's capable of it. Yeah. Um, and even if he's then feeding the ball into Wells or Conway or Vyman, whoever. Yeah. Um, that's something for him to develop and think, because defenders must be scared to death when they see him pick the ball up there and yeah. think, right, he's got the pace to knock this round me and just run. Um, so, yeah, more, more of that. But obviously the goal. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, okay. And obviously Conway off after 25 doesn't get a rating. Um, no, instantly... Naki well, does, Naki does, doesn't he? So yeah, so Naki Wells. So Naki, four. I went, I went six. I thought he 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 put himself about. He worked hard. Um, just didn't didn't have the luck in front of goal. Had that one effort. Um, again, he's probably you know a five and a half to a six. He's more that way than than six. But yeah, I went six for Naki. Yeah. yeah, I went six two. Uh, just didn't really happen for him today. Did yeah. it in front of goal, but he yeah. worked his socks off again and. And uh, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, um, and so we've Nige, also got go on, yep. we, just before you do that, we've also yep. got ratings from Rich for Joe Williams. Oh, right, okay, obviously, only, I know we don't do it, but no, yep, yep. um, because we yeah. only do it if they're on the pitch for 30 minutes or more. Yeah, yep. uh, so yeah, Joe Williams, I'd six. Done. Yeah, yeah I, I thought he was quite influential when he came on, he, he was really yeah. driving, wasn't he? So, but yeah, best, we've, best we've seen him for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. Mark Sykes, seven. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think both of them were probably seven. Both, 
both what, made an what impact. What you want your subs to do is come on and make an impact, and they did. And, and Sykes, yeah. the, the one thing with Sykes, he, he had a brilliant run um, and took up the space and, and drove in exactly like you want him to do. Yeah. And then just completely Too quick for him, wasn't it? Cross. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, Mark, you've done the hard bit. But yeah. yeah. Exactly. And Nige, 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 you don't don't... score Nige, do you, Rich? No, no, I don't. Don't dare. No, I was going to say, well, <laughs> I, I could do it because I haven't got to sit in a presser in front of him, but Nigel went five. Um, and again, it's probably a five and a half. So I, I wouldn't disagree necessarily with a six, but the first half was poor. And I thought we should have been alive to have the way that, you know, I'm, I'm sure, well, I, I, actually, I'm not sure how much study that Nigel Pearson himself does. Certainly the coaches do and, and all the players know what's going on, but we knew how Swansea were going to play. We knew that Grimes would be on the ball. Um, I just thought we didn't set up well to start with, so hence the five. But he did turn it around. Yeah, yeah. No, I think five is good. A um, couple of tweets before we come to other matters. So Joanna Bags, much better second half. Extra player in midfield made a massive difference. Also looked like the players had a bit of a rocket. Had a real go, which was good to see. Shame we wasted the first 45 minutes. And then uh, Bristol City football analysis replied with agree was impressed with how we looked in the second half Pearson made the right decisions we stayed 5-3-2 then we probably would have continued to look poor I wonder if that's a one-off or will we continue with four at the back I think that's a, a fairly big question and we haven't seen it have we seen it at all this season four at the back maybe in the last 10 minutes yeah, of some matches we definitely haven't from the start no. Um, I think that's probably the first time he's done it at half time, maybe once before, but yeah, not not very often. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are some other tweets here as well. Um, Dean Allen, another game where Bristol City only played for a half. Rob Atkinson will be pleased that his mistake was cancelled out by the Swansea goalkeeping error. Hardly inspiring, but at least we are still in the hat for the fourth round. And the draw was made. Um, and it's West Brom or Chesterfield. So uh, at, home. Yeah. At, at home, which obviously yeah. is always good. And, you know, it's not the not the glamour tie that we were hoping for the incentive to go yeah. with Rich, but it's a, a winnable one. game nonetheless. Not one for the neutrals, is it? That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. You know, don't roll like Chesterfield, I guess. They, they, nearly beat, they nearly beat West Brom. You saw Stevenish beat Villa. And, and yeah. The, Played well as well. They played well, didn't they, West Brom? Yeah. And uh, looking forward to the Welcome to Wrexham episode with that game in yeah. it as well. That would be yeah. good. Okay. Um. Right. We'll just talk about the the next game. So obviously back to league action. Uh. Next week versus Birmingham. Um. And I guess we need to wait and see what the what the fallout is with Vyman and Conway before we can yeah. even think about the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, it'd be an interesting one, Rich, wouldn't it, in terms of team selection if we are without Vyman and Conway? Yeah, maybe Callas comes back um, for that one. But he did say on on Thursday that he would hope to put him in an under 21s game before. So we'll see. I think I've got Cardiff on Tuesday, the under 21. So we'll see okay. if he, he features in that. But yeah, and every every game is massive for, for Nigel at the moment, I think. And uh, I think they've got to kind of get rid of that anxiousness of playing at home that we kind of saw in the first half today. Um, if the fans start getting on, on the back, then who knows what could happen. But yeah, I think these next two games for, for him are, are massive. He needs he needs a winner of one of the two of them. So if Fina does come back, sorry, if, if Kalas does come back, Rich, what do you, how do you see that impact in the current back line? Let's say we do stay three. Five two, um, 
does Viner go up into Tanner's position and Callas fills in there? What do you? How do you see that? It's a really difficult one. I, I was asked what what would happen because Pearson wants to sign a new centre back as well. Mm. So I was asked what would kind of happen if if they they sign the centre back. And and to be honest with you, I really don't know how 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 it pans out because what well, Naismith he's going to pick every, every time. Um, Viner you can't drop him at the moment. And then so you're looking at Atkinson really. And I mean he's for me he's he's the still one of the best defenders in, in the, the mm. city you've got one on on his day and i think he's still got enough credit in the bank really to and he drives drives uh, things forward quite often as yeah. well i mean the fact that we saw naismith matt being ushered up into midfield for for 25 minutes today does that mean he's kind of looking at him and thinking maybe it is naismith going up into the midfield and Callas going in maybe yeah i mean i, I agree with rich I, I certainly wouldn't be looking to drop viner um, I don't no. think you can. I think Atkinson probably would be the one because of a couple of things that have happened of late and, and today's mistake doesn't help with that. Um, but yeah, maybe it is then looking at a different option with Naismith going up there. Um, but it's again, it's another one for me. I, I just don't see a centre-half being the position that we need to, to look at at the moment. I really don't. I think it's central midfield all day long. I mean, looking at the team, say, let's say Conway and Weiman are unavailable Saturday. You'd imagine it would be Semenya and Wells up top, Alex Scott in behind the front two, and then Williams, where Scott was playing, Williams or potentially Naismith. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Williams and James but in the it's, middle. It's, again, like, and I know, I think, um, I think it might have been you, Rich, actually asked at the press conference about Kedra, the, the Brighton lad. Um, I don't know where he would fit, because... It's not a, a style that we play, and, and I, I found it quite interesting when when Nigel Pearson said um, a maverick doesn't necessarily need to be a forward. You can have a maverick. talk about a maverick, didn't you? Rich? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah but he, and, and he said, I mean, I have to say, <laughs> it's I, my favourite film. I, it's my favourite film, though. I, I, I can't, I can't name too many maverick defenders um, that I've seen over the years. So I think pretty much we all assume that it's an attacking midfielder or forward, but I just don't know if we did go with him. I don't know where he fits in that side. Maybe in that Vyman role, mm -hmm. potentially. Um, but yeah, for me, it's central midfield. We're crying out for that powerful central midfielder. Yeah. Uh, I I think that he does need uh, an attacking midfielder because I kind of looked at the bench today and and when he brought on Sykes and Williams at 1-0 down, I, I, to be honest, I thought, oh, damn, you know what, these, these aren't the two players that you want to come on to, to change the game when you need a goal, yeah. to be honest. And, and someone like Kadra... In, in that sort of ilk would would yeah. would give something different. I think um, whether they can get something over the line or not is is a different story. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, right, let's talk about uh, the one bit of business that we know has happened, and that's Riley Tower. My, my re initial reaction, like many City fans, was, "Oh, what a shame!" You know, he's done really well at Wimbledon. He's it's all we've heard about on Wimbledon's Twitter is Riley Taylor and the fact that he's been there seemingly player of the season so far we've seen glimpses of him he was probably the first academy player to break through in 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 the last couple of years at least to get the opportunity in the first team um and i fully expected him to come back next season and fight for his place i think whether whether conversations have been we are going to look to sign a central defender we are going to there are a couple of people ahead of you um up to you what you do 
here's a deal, here's an offer, I don't know. But he's decided to to take the role, take the position at Portsmouth. And all the very best. Good luck to Riley Tyrus, homegrown talent. He's been here since he was seven years old, which makes it all the more emotive, Matt, in terms of him going. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I live, um, like you, near to Mangotsfield, so also known through that. He was also a lad that... Played with with one of my friends, um, two kids when they were at Mangotsfield School, and so I knew about Riley being at Bristol City, and 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 my mate Tim would would regularly say to me, "Oh God, what a player you've got!" You know, and this was it, 10, 11, 12 years of age. Um, like you, I was disappointed, and, and my immediate reaction was to to tweet to Tins and Nigel Pearson, "This can't be true, can it?" Because it was an EFL rumor sort of site, wasn't it? They said it. And then when I thought about it afterwards, I thought, you know, yeah, the, the bit around will always look to do what's best for the player. Nige sort of saying potentially that there were players coming through that they thought were better than him. Um, I I hope that's the case. Um, certainly, I don't see that Duncan Idahan is that. Um, you know, he went to um, Carlisle, Carlisle oh. and, and didn't get a look in at Carlisle. Um Whereas, you know, in the same league, Riley was ripping up trees, you know, at Wimbledon. I mean, I've seen so many posts about him. You know, he don't need his, his shirt washed because he had broke sweat. He's that classy. Um, so, you know, if if that's the case and they genuinely think that there are better players there, he wasn't going to be offered new terms. I think he only had a year left after the summer. Then, OK, business sense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't help but feel slightly disappointed because I would love to have seen what the development was like. And I, and I cited Bobby Reed. Bobby Reed went out on a couple of lanes and it was probably only when he got switched to playing forward that we really saw Bobby Reed. But some players need that little bit more. And, and what is Riley? 1920? Um, so I just felt that maybe it was a little bit of a too early a decision. But, you know, I have to say, I'm not privy to what goes on down there to know, you know, who is coming through and stuff. But yeah, I, I certainly don't think that, that if it's Duncan Idahan, then I'm, I'm surprised at that because... Riley is one of those defenders, though, as well, that he's, he's a ball player. I mean, Patch, we were at preseason. I think Rich was as well. He hit two or three in one of the games from left to right. They yeah. were, were 30, 40-yard passes on the bloke's foot. The bloke didn't have to move on the opposite flank, and he's got that in his locker. So, I, yeah. I think it was I, Tyler, to, Tyler to Sykes, wasn't it? A, yeah, a yeah I think it was, yeah. So, I think he could be, and... and Absolutely, the fans that were saying, no, 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 you know, when have we ever got it wrong? I, I agree with that. We very rarely let an academy or that type of player go that's come back and bit us. Um, that might be the case, but I, I do just think with Riley that I think there is a special player there. I think it might be a bit a bit too early for me. Let's come to uh, to yourself then, Rich, someone without sort of the emotive connection to Mangotsfield. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, very surprised by it, to be honest. Um, just judging really from... I, I didn't see him at that Millwall game when he got taken off at half-time. That was before I, I started covering um, mm. to see. But from what I've heard from... From what I've seen in the under-21s and from what I've heard um, during his time at Wimbledon, um, I mean, they were raving about him over there. Um, yeah, and he's got all the attributes for, for a modern-day central defender um to, but you just have to trust the, the the kind of the process and you know i've i think you've really fully trust um tins in, in in what he sees in the, in the younger players coming through and, and i think when you when they talk about 
they've got younger players, you know, who may, might be developing at a faster rate than him. I think they're talk, probably talking about that Raf, Raf, Raphael Araya. Araya, yeah. Araya, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think Jamie knight Labelle is, is another one who's, who's yeah. coming through. And Joe Lowe is going to be an, another interesting one at, at Warsaw. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. And it's really difficult to say, isn't it, at this time, whether it was a mistake or not. He, he needs to have a, a season in, in League One. And, yeah. And we'll, and we'll go from there. But I think everyone just, I mean, he's such a nice bloke, isn't he? I think everyone just hopes for the best for him. And yeah. whatever success he has, and City gets a sell-on clause as well. So that'll be oh, yeah. in the long run. But yeah, I mean, if he, if he goes on to play in the Premier League, then... It'd be interesting to see, um, and I know it always seems to be undisclosed now, but I've heard 30,000, I've heard 100,000, I've heard 300,000. <laughs> so it would be interesting to know where, where in the mix that was. But yeah, yeah. I just... Right. Um, it can say it can it can Cash Clark say it was not thirty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It was six uh, figures yeah. was the, the rumor, but we don't know what yeah. whether that's yeah. uh, hundred or three hundred or <laughs> yeah, low six figures. From what from what I gather it they basically feel like they've done pretty well with the with the money they got for him. So Good. Uh, without without knowing the exact figure. Yeah. And okay. it's 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 doors, isn't it, Patch? Is it doors or wheels? I can see no, a couple clearly, of doors here. Clearly doors, mate, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they used that one, didn't they? Marlon Pack involved, wasn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, right, we'll move on to other matters then. So I think Scott and Semenya have, have caused the most traffic on social media. So Alex, Scott, what's the latest position as you understand it, Rich? A lot of interest from Premier League teams, no offers. And uh, to be honest, I, I probably don't expect there to be an offer this month for him. I think he's a player that teams will see for, for next season. Um, the only way I can see an offer coming in for him is if there's a club, for example, Bournemouth, lower league in the Premier League, um, lower in the Premier League, um, who feel like they've got no chance of competing with other clubs in the summer for him, so they've got to come in for a bid with him in, in this window. Um, but and I, and I, I, I take that they're very interested in him, but I, I don't think, in their position at the moment, I don't think they're going to be splashing out that sort of money money for him. But the, the advantage they also they've got with Scott is if they do go down, then they've got a ready-made championship player to try and push back for promotion again. So I'll be I'll be surprised if he goes this this month, definitely. Matt, what's your your sentiment? I agree with Rich. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ready for his own development. We talk about I don't think he's ready for the Prem yet. So I don't think he would feature maybe if they bought him and loaned him back. Um but I don't know that Bournemouth are in a position to spend that sort of money and not have a player that could help them in their fight mm. to stay in the Premier League. So yeah, he's got he's got a lot of coverage, hasn't he, on EFL, Sky Sports, all, all of it. Yeah, at the the um, you know playing for the England yeah. setup. Uh, I I I agree and hope hope you're right. I just wonder if we get to like the last couple of days of the transfer window and mm. someone like West Ham, Bournemouth you know, whoever showed an interest, lose a couple of players in that position, midfield, behind the front two, and take a punt. That's the only way I can sort of see it potentially happening. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I, I enjoy waking up every morning, seeing the latest, <laughs> the latest rumour. Semenyo, yeah. um, uh, Rich, set the scene. Yeah, some Semenyo is, is, a di is a different one, isn't it? Because we're, like Scott, they don't have the same security with Semenyo. They've got to sell him this this month or in in the summer. Um, and I think 
at the risk of having another kind of Masengo situation. If an offer came in this this month um, that they can't turn down, then they, they, they'll have to accept it. Um, what is that figure, do you think, in your mind? And I'll ask Matt the same. I think I think it's, it's probably worth about 12 million at most. Uh, I think if they can get 12 million for him, then they've done pretty well. Um, obviously, that with a, with a salon clause included, mm. um, may, maybe 10. Um, he's got he's got all the attributes, but he's yeah he's I mean he's still got a lot to learn in the game as well. And um, uh, I mean he's he's got what, five goals this season or, or something now. Yep. So yeah, it's, I say if, if a Premier League go for, team goes for him, I think it'll be a gamble at this stage of the season. Matt, for you, I mean I was just to give my quick yep. view. Um, we've seen him at his best. We've seen him at his worst. We've seen him in the middle. Um, we never quite know what we're going to get. There was a, a patch where he went through uh, last season where everything he hit was flying in at pace, at speed. We were saying we haven't seen a striker like this who can score goals like that with both feet. But he's got a couple of goals now. Um, I mean, you could argue that we might see more of that coming in the next, you know, in the coming games now that he's got minutes under his belt, etc., it's a really tough one, really tough one to call. So what figure are you going? Oh, in terms of a figure, um, yeah, I'd say 12 to 15. See, it's funny. It's, so, and, and it's the, it's the, the Masengo and Bentley situation for me. I think the fact that there's only a year left um, in the summer, I think as it stands now, if someone came in for him now, I think we might look at five to six million. I think if the window goes on and he plays another four or five games and scores, and maybe if he can score a couple of the Fulham-type goals, a team like Bournemouth, who are struggling, might go, we've got to take a gamble on this guy because he's got summer, and then mm -hmm. we might be looking at the 10 million. Um, I think, you know, I mean, let's be fair about it. Over the last couple of weeks, if you'd have been told 4 million, we probably would have said, we've got to take that in our current situation. And actually, he's not pulling up trees but I think with potentially the injuries to Vyman and yeah. Conway it puts a different slant on it we yeah. can't afford not to have you know especially if there's who are you going to get that's that's got his ability in the leagues now that you're not going to probably pay the same money that you're getting for him if you let him go so it's kind of well, what's the point then yeah and, and also as as the window shrinks and yeah. the days go down and going back to my point about Alex Scott yeah you're going to get the price inflates. You'll get a, you'll get a mm. panic buy, won't you? I mean, we've yeah. seen that ourselves. You'll get someone, someone's going to go in like some idiot did. It was the name of that clang that, um, I can't think of who was he signed him, but the guy with the pineapple, oh, Dione, someone's going to panic and have to buy someone late. And yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, they can't, they can't sell him without bringing in a replacement. Not, they can. not, they not can. in the position that like, no, they're in. Too precarious. No, like. 100%. Yeah. Powerful striker. Okay. Um. Any any left field, Matt? I'll come to you first. Any any left field um bids? Do you think potentially? Obviously, Conway is in is on that list of of Conway, people who Conway would be again. You know, Dan Dan Bentley potentially, but but if I am Dan Bentley and if I am Hanno Masengo, I'm thinking. Do you know what? Okay, don't play me. I'll carry on picking up the wages to the summer when I can go for free, and you get nothing for me. Masengo might be slightly different, I guess, because of his age. I don't know. Um, but if we offered contract terms, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's anybody else um, that that we we'd have bids for. I just don't. Yeah. There's anyone there? 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. This, I don't think there's, yeah, and I can't think of anyone yeah. in, that, in, the, in the squad. So Campering's wrapped up, isn't he? For you, you might get someone years. seeing the noise around Atkinson and what's going on. They might think, do you know what? Someone that might have seen him at Oxford, oh, I really like him. Mm. We'll stick it, we'll stick in a, a two million bid. And who knows, you know, <laughs> it's a funny old month, isn't it? The January, uh, yeah, it is. I just, I wish, I wish Nigel Pearson hadn't come out at the start and go, Yeah, we, we, you know, we want to do business and we want to do business early. And we're now what nine days in tomorrow and we haven't yeah. done any business. And it's, yeah, it, th- th- it doesn't it, feel like there's a lot of noise about Rich in terms of the signings we might be looking at. No, and he keeps reiterating that message about he's got to let one leave before before one comes in. And I think yeah. by, he's told those three players who are out of contract in the summer that they're free to leave this month. And I think yeah. it's just a case of getting the, reducing the wage bill. Yeah. Uh, apparently, none of that Towler money is going back into the into signings. It's all going to go to the academy. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a patient and frustrating one. And I think probably a loan a loan signing or two is. Uh, but they like to wait to the end of the window as well for. Yeah. for uh, for clubs so yeah it's, it could be a could be a i'm to be a bit bit patient i think mm. so rich a year roughly into into writing about and watching bristol yeah. city yeah. how have you found the journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually a year and um, a year on the 10th so yeah pretty much um okay, pretty done my research right. yeah um yeah great yeah it's it's um it, it's been exciting for sure um I just w- wish they could perform a bit more consistently. Like it's, it's been a it's it's been a roller coaster, but you know it, it's great, and the, the the club are great to deal with, and and the supporters as well. I've had a lot of, lot of nice feedback, and it's great to chat with them, to uh, at times about it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a challenge, but it's 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 a really welcome challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Matt, your your thoughts on Rich Forrester so far? Yeah, no, lo- lo- love love reading what Rich writes in um, the press conferences as well. I think what the, the thing for me, Rich, was it, the hen and chicken. Um, oh, clearly, <laughs> clearly, yeah, but come clearly, and sit down the front. Clearly, for, yeah. all the back, <laughs> for the back and forth and the way that Nigel is with the press, Nigel obviously respects you because he he want you know he wanted you down the front, and clearly you've got a, a, a decent working relationship with him, which is you know it, that's yeah. got to be a good thing for us as fans seeing that. So. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I gotta say, it took it. I think it took its time. Um, yeah, it's nice, quite particularly in, in the way to ask questions with him and, yeah. and, and trick carefully and with the way to ask him at the right times. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's pretty fair and he keeps you on your toes, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and the hen and chicken, it was, I felt like a naughty schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, give me after. It was good, yeah. No, Rich, great. Thank you, as always. It's yeah, thanks, great mate. to get you on the podcast and, and talking about Bristol City and particularly during the transfer window, any potential comings yeah. and goings. And we'll we'll keep an eye on your your Twitter throughout the coming weeks, I think. Yeah, well thanks thanks very much. And yeah, thanks for your thanks for your kind words and keep up the uh, keep up the good work as well. Thank you, mate. Yeah, Thank cheers, you. mate. Right, Matt. Right, um mate. Don't forget, so everyone who's interested in entering the prize draw to win that football, uh, pictures will be up soon. Please do retweet and like our page on Twitter at 3PIAPC. If you want to get in touch on email, it's 3PIAPC at gmail.com. And yeah, if you want to have something a little bit different, non-Bristol City related, we did our New Year's Day special with Gert Wings 
ice cream tacos and chef anton so if you like your street food the bristol scene and a and a good laugh from sort of 40 minutes onwards about what would go in our room of doom what annoys us um that was uh, an entertaining half an hour so have a listen to that and yeah we'll be back after the next game so take care everyone and thanks for listening cheers everyone carol all the best i've been riding low i've been riding fast gonna take this moment i'm gonna make it last because you don't know me Cause I tell you something, I don't care that much. Don't come around here preaching your goddamn rules. Don't come around here. Yeah. I ain't your If you stay in this town I'm no savior, I will take you down This here town You know it ain't that big It don't take long to know just what I did Don't come around here Watching that little 